You are listening to a Nerd Room podcast production. We the Nerd. Bunch of nerds. Hey everyone and welcome to Nerd Room. We talk all things Star Wars, Marvel, DC, and beyond. This episode number 377, we're discussing Sony's Spider-Man Universe. The SSU. I'm one of your hosts, Tim. And I'm Ian. Ian, welcome back to the Nerd Room. Look, we made a, a slight promise last week. We said we'd try to make these more frequent, and here we are recording <laughs> one week later. I'm excited to be back into the frequency here. And this week, man, we've got we've got something kind of fun to talk about. Given that we've missed some of the trailers, specifically Madam Web and Craven, at least having a discussion about them, we thought we'd actually rewind a little bit and talk more broadly about Sony's Spider-Man live action universe and how it's developed, where it's come from, before we actually get into talking about those trailers so we're gonna have some fun with spider-man this week arguably the biggest live action hero in the world right now with not only no way home but him coming up maybe with a spider-man 4 inside of the mcu across the spider-verse everything is happening with this character he seems to be one of the pillars being set up inside of the mcu so mm-hmm. i think tonight is a right is the right time to be talking about spider-man but ian my friend let's let's just jump actually straight into it here i want to hear kind of your connection to spider-man we're just gonna go right into spider-man this week no pleasantries at the microphones yeah my 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 connection with spider-man's been kind of on and off spider-man's always been like one of my favorite superheroes you know since i was a little kid you know i I went through different stages of reading different comic books uh i took break from spider-man it's kind of weird when i became a university student i started to pick up a few different spider-man books and catch up on things and then again i took a bit of a break but spider-man's always been kind of there for me as the kind of main probably the main marvel character uh you know growing up as as a kid like batman was always my my favorite superhero um on the dc side but you know in most cases i'd always kind of go back to to spider-man as being my my number one marvel Mm -hmm. superhero and then yeah you know kind of went into like kind of video games. Uh, I remember playing the the Spider-Man video game on the Sega Mega Drive or the Genesis, a lot of people call it. And, you know, then there was the movies. Um, Raimi's first movie was just such a, a big event in my life because, you know, I was at that kind of prime age um, when, when that came out. And it was such a, you know, a big movie and it kind of revitalized those kind of superhero, the superhero genre. Um, and then after that, yeah, I've kind of been, you know, not obsessed, but like Spider-Man's often with my collecting as being my go-to. You know, just behind me here, I've got Spider-Man Hot Toys of different versions. Mm-hmm. I've got a whole Spider-Man shelf up here of the the six-inch six figures. Um, and Spider-Man's just a really kind of interesting character. He's a really kind of likable uh, character. I, th- I think the thing with Spider-Man that I love is that Spider-Man's one of those superheroes that you can see yourself being, you know, I think, you know, mm. in the movies and stuff, they say anyone can wear the mask. And that's the great thing with Spider-Man. You can kind of relate to him and you can always imagine being bitten by a radioactive yeah. spider and <laughs> getting these, these superpowers. And he's not like overpowered. He's such an interesting, fun character. And, you know, he's got a good group of friends and 
his family ties and stuff. He's he's a really well developed, and uh, I think that's why he's he's a very approachable character for most people. So yeah, he's he's a definitely one of one of my top characters in in any kind of superhero mm-hmm. genre. And I think a lot of people share that sentiment about him being the go to Marvel character. Arguably, when you look at things like sales of merchandise, when you look at the amount of appearances and the amount of retries that Sony in particular has had at putting Spider-Man and putting successful numbers up has been plentiful. So this character is is essentially broadly present across the entirety of what you'd call the modern era of comic book movies going back to like you said the Raimi 2002 that was you know really the kickstarter to arguably kind of that golden era or that precursor era to what was the explosion of the DCU and the MCU and eventually Spider-Man's Sony universe and all of this superhero genre that kind of blew up as of 2008 the precursor to a lot of it was 2002 was Spider-Man that was Proof that these things could be wildly profitable, wildly successful. Spider-Man 1, I believe, was the first movie to make over $100 million in its opening weekend. Wow. And in Spider-Man 2, when you go back to the cartoons, it's shoulder-to-shoulder with the popularity of the X-Men, Batman the Animated Series. And so it's a character that's been present for a long time in all mediums, including comic books. Of course, of comic books, one of the po- most popular Marvel comic book characters of all time. But it's 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 had a I wouldn't say turbulent, but it's had a very interesting go through the cinema and even into present day where we have a Spider-Man, multiple existing or nostalgic Spider-Man, as we talked about last week. But also this character is so big and has such a wide and varied rogues gallery coming out of the comic books that Sony themselves have established a universe around that rogues gallery building out to something mm-hmm. bigger, even in the absence of a true Spider-Man in that universe as of right now. But we have to rewind the clock a little bit to get this discussion started. You know, we're going to go a little bit beyond Spider-Man one, and we're going to kind of look at what was the seeds and maybe the origin of Sony's Spider-Man universe. And for that, you have to go back to the amazing Spider-Man. And particularly in in 2012, we had both that and the Avengers coming out at the exact same time. So you had a brand new Spider-Man, Andrew Garfield, arguably some people's favorite Spider-Man. And you also had the Avengers. You had four years, five years of the Avengers of bringing that universe together. And Sony, you know, they're starting to look at Marvel Studios at this point thinking there's something here. There's something here. And if you remember back to that era when there was that big Sony leak a couple years later... There is a rumor that was later confirmed by Avi Arad, who is the producer on the Sony side for all of the Spider-Man stuff, that originally in the Avengers Manhattan skyline, there is discussions about having the Oscorp Tower, which plays a kind of visual role in both The Amazing Spider-Man and Amazing Spider-Man 2, was originally supposed to appear in the Avengers 2012 (laughs) in that skyline during the Battle of New York. And effectively that would have made Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man canon inside of the MCU. And a very, very different story could have unwound from there. But due to differences and, you know, the the progress that had happened with the Avengers at that time, they do attribute it to being, you know, the digital render was done for Avengers and so they didn't want to stick it in there. So we're we're very close to having an Easter egg inside of Avengers that would have put Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man as canon inside of the MCU and maybe unraveled what would 
eventually turn into Tom Holland's Spider-Man inside of the MCU. So, you know, it, it's kind of cool to think back that, like, Sony's been trying to plant these seeds for a very, very long time. And with the critical and some would argue box office failure of The Amazing Spider-Man 2 in 2014, that led to the eventual deal between Marvel Studios and Sony to get their character back and have him appear in 2016's Civil War. Now, Mm -hmm. that led to a relationship that lasted well beyond the original picture deals into Infinity War and beyond. And now we have this Tom Holland Spider-Man who is right now everybody's Spider-Man, but we did have like we talked about last week, No Way Home, which brought these other Spider-Man together. But in the background there, this idea of a universe never really strayed too far from Sony's focus because in 2018, we got Venom. Now, let's talk about Venom. This is the start of, arguably the start of Sony's Spider-Man universe, the SSU, as they call it, and them trying to establish using spider-man's rogue gallery a universe that they could build in a similar fashion to the mcu that would garner the same sort of attention and ultimate fan following that the mcu had proven inside of their universe now it hasn't really worked out that way but as we walk through some of this you'll kind of see some of the threads that they tried to, to tie together so venom is kind of the kickstart to it all 2018 do you do you remember venom your experience with venom i don't really other than it was kind of I, goofy. I do, I do remember. I remember going to the cinema to watch it. I remember the people I, I went to see it with, and I remember the level of excitement I had. Venom was an, another one of those characters that kind of came from my childhood. You know, coming mm-hmm. from like the Spider-Man animated series, and again from some of the games. Venom was always a, a really kind of cool-looking character, and again, he was a very interesting villain. Um, so you know him getting his own movie was a very kind of exciting time and you know i was really looking forward to that movie i remember leaving the movie theater not so happy with what i'd seen mm-hmm. um but enjoying it like it was it was a, a very unique i guess take on the, on the character um and it's kind of interesting how we've seen that then continue from what what they created with venom with this kind of anti-hero approach yeah. to to the villains um, but yeah, Venom, Venom, like I, it was one of those movies that I enjoyed in in the way that I liked the actor Tom Hardy who's playing the character. I liked the design of this, you know, non Spider Verse version of Venom, mm-hmm. in, in a way, um, which of course has has changed over time. But there was a lot about that movie that didn't really work for me. There was a lot of kind of plot holes, and it was a bit kind of goofy at times, and. And a lot of things didn't really make sense. Um, but I remember the hype around it. And I remember people being mm. really excited about it. And I remember, you know, a lot of people actually enjoying it. I think everyone I went to watch it with in the, in the cinema actually came out of it quite enjoying, enjoying that version of Venom. Um, and they were probably people who didn't really know that much about the character prior to, to seeing that movie. So I do think it had some impact on, you know, revitalizing... Uh, that kind of interest in in these the the spider-man rogues gallery as you said yeah and it's kind of like that peak superhero cinema time 2018 infinity war venom you're getting a lot of movies coming out in this space you know you just come off of black panther like there's a lot happening here and this dropping in there 
although maybe not landing the way they wanted to, it did provide an interesting alternative to what we were getting at both DC and Marvel. And it kind of put a third player into place here that was actively producing and trying to create a universe around a set of characters. And so I always did appreciate it for that. Like the word goofy, like you said, it always, that always kind of comes to mind. This weird, like Jekyll Hyde thing between Eddie Brock and Venom was a little different. I kind of like the take on it. It was mm-hmm. some of the dialogue was a bit clunky, but ultimately it set a tone for them. And did it light the world on fire? No, but it was a starting point for for a character and for a universe. And and one could argue that with out Spider Man, this is the next logical character to go to to kind of create something around where you can have a, a, a like you said a anti-hero that is a bit darker but doing something a little different we hadn't seen the anti-hero to a degree inside of these universes at this point so let's push on with it and so that landed and then we get that teaser at the end of it which teased cleus cassidy that teased carnage which would then Mm -hmm. be the villain for the follow-up and the second installment inside of sony's spider-man universe with venom let there be carnage now admittedly to this day that came out in 2021 I have still not seen that movie. <laughs> I've seen oh, you're the lucky. End, I've seen the end credit <laughs> scene. So for for I, I've I've heard I've heard it. I've heard the war stories. Is it is it actually not that good? Like what's what's your take on that one? It's I think I know that I watch I find it difficult to get through that movie and I think it's only like an hour and a half long. It's a really mm. short movie. Um I can't remember a lot of the details about it because I really disliked it. Like I, from what I remember, the, the movie didn't really have any real story. It was just about two of these characters going at each other. And it was just like the dialogue. I remember being absolutely terrible, mm-hmm. you know, like nothing really made sense in that movie. And it was, it was just a really bad movie in my opinion. Like I do need to, revisit that movie yeah, because i, I just so. don't remember I do too. Well, I need to anything that happened <laughs> happened in it but you know i think it was there, there were some people who again said they quite liked it but i think the majority of people didn't really connect with that movie and i think i don't know what it would seem like a very strange idea where it, they just didn't seem to have an an actual idea to to basis a story around mm-hmm. it was like we've got these two characters and we've got to get them out as, as soon as possible and let's just put them in the movie and have them fight each other but like nothing actually made any sense and nothing drove any story forward and nothing was interesting about any of the characters um and it just didn't didn't work very well uh and yeah the the reason the reason why i i don't know you know, maybe it was missing other elements such as, you know, a Spider-Man. Um, yeah. You know, such as other characters from the Spider-Universe. But yeah, that movie just, man, I I, I could not believe what I was watching <laughs> because I was really excited for it. You know, just mm-hmm. the idea of having these two characters and seeing a carnage and how cool he looked from the trailers. And then what we actually got was was just a mess. So, yeah. Well, and that was dead, directed by Andy Serkis as well, who of course played Gollum. He was he's in the MCU. He's done the Planet of the Apes. He's done a lot of stuff and been a part of a lot of big productions. And I don't know if this felt the weight of the pandemic in some capacity. It must have been delayed at least, but I don't know if if it ran into filming issues or not inside of that, and it ended up with 
some rushing in there. But the thing that always, having not seen it again, putting that qualification on it, the thing that always stuck out to me is, you know, Venom 1 was about a whole bunch of different symbiotes and fighting symbiotes. And this, again, was the exact same thing. And so not mm. taking a pause, maybe doing something different and leading up to Carnage inside of what is now Venom 3, maybe that was something that, that should have been considered and kind of draw these out and not rush, like you said, to what is essentially the antithesis to to Venom in Carnage, especially as Venom when he's being propped up as an anti-hero. Now, who knows where they go with Venom 3, and that's happening apparently in 2024. That's coming out. But probably the most interesting thing and the thing I have seen outside of Let There Be Carnage is the end credit scene. Now, do you remember the end credit scene for Venom Let There Be Carnage? Probably the only thing you do remember if you do is remember that the one? Something. Is that the one when he's in... Is that the one when he... he... He, he teleports to the Spider-Man unit, to the MCU. Yeah, so he's sitting in that bar or whatever, and like, or is he in the? No, he's in the hotel he's in, room. It's a hotel room. Yeah, the bar yeah. is in No Way Home. Yeah, and he kind of does the teleportation, and you get the TV screen, and you see Tom Holland Spider-Man on there, and yeah. so for the first time. You know, Sony's, I think, long threatened that they wanted to do something like this. And this this scene was actually shot on the set of Spider-Man No Way Home, where you had this melding and Venom jumping over to the MCU. And given that we were going into No Way Home and it being pitched in some capacity, it was very quiet up until that point, but it did turn out to be some sort of a multiversal story it made sense that Venom does the leap over. He gets kind of jolted into this during the duration, I guess, of Spider-Man No Way Home. But at the end of Spider-Man No Way Home, Eddie Brock finds himself going (laughs) back to Sony, getting kicked out. So they had this momentary crossover, this this SSU with the MCU, and all that really... And I, I never really understood why Sony agreed to this because... They got this like nice little bump at the end of Let There Be Carnage, only to have it ripped out. But then the MCU kept a bit of the symbiote and Venom for a future story. So the MCU benefits from getting Venom and having a explanation for it. And <laughs> and Sony, all they got was a momentary, yes, Eddie Brock and Venom are in the MCU for what, what that turned out to be a couple months. And then all of a sudden he's back out. <laughs> it yeah. never seemed like it it was kind of an equal trade-off for that. Yeah, it was a very strange, like a very strange idea. Like, you know, I think that was a, a big moment of seeing, you know, Venom in, in the Tom Holland spider, uh, in the uh, Tom Holland universe. Uh, and actually having that time to think, wow, this is going to happen. We're going to actually see this actual the actual story of, of Venom and him, you know, chasing after Spider-Man and them to actually fighting, but it was always a kind of weird idea too, because how, why would Spider-Man and and, and Venom fight as we've seen Venom being the anti-hero, and mm-hmm. it's like how how they're gonna do that? And it just, I didn't know at the time. I was like, is this are they forcing this in? And then when they sent him back again, it's like, oh man, what the hell is going on here? Um, but it'd be interesting. I mean, if they use that that little bit of symbiote that got left behind and have a whole different version of Venom, uh, which isn't the kind of anti-hero style, then 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 so be it. But it's it's feels it feels very messy, and yeah. I don't know if that's. I mean, we'll talk about the later stuff in a moment, but I don't know if that's where they're trying to clean things up. And Sony do have other versions of Spider-Man to yes. play with. 
Um, and I think that's where they are still kind of safe in that sense. But at the same time, they are playing that whole villains being the heroes card, which is is very, very unusual. Like, I, I, I can't get my head around it. No, and like yeah. I get the approach because this is what they have to work with. You have a very successful franchise that sits right beside you inside of the MCU. And the MCU has all the rights, although Sony's making a ton of money from it to the main character, the character that you prop up. And as I've talked about numerous times on the podcast, there must be some deal that they can also have a live-action Spider-Man running concurrently to this because it makes no sense, like you mentioned, why they haven't pulled a different Spider-Man, whether it's Andrew Garfield or low-hanging fruit, Miles Morales. Why Why isn't he and why haven't they positioned a Spider-Man opposite to Venom or opposite to Morbius inside of this universe? There's tons of references to a Spider-Man, like very subtle references through this, but we just haven't got there yet. And that leads us to Morbius, which came out in 2022, which to be honest with you, a lot of people trashed. I think it's got like the lowest rating of any Marvel movie ever. I didn't hate it. I thought it was just fine. Like Jared Leto in there. It's an interesting story, kind of akin to a vampire story. And it's, it is what it is. Like it definitely follows the same tone and, general outline like we got a lot of like animals and symbiotes sort of stuff going on inside of this universe but it doesn't doesn't really pivot too much it's not bright it's not a comedy it's it's very much a, a similar vein to i think what we've gotten before and also what we're getting in the future here like it, it all feels a piece of one another but morbius like we'll talk about the end credit scene which gets a, even more confusing for the spider-man sony universe but Morbius, like, how did you feel about this one that just came out last year? Morbius, again, I don't remember much about that movie, <laughs> but it was, I think I was actually really rooting for that movie. After mm. this, I think it was the second trailer dropped and it looked great. And I was like, you know what? Maybe they're actually going to bring out something really good here. And again, it was, I found it quite forgettable. Like well, clearly, seemed... all of these are forgettable to this point because neither of us uh, can remember yeah, much well, of what's going just, on. It just seemed like more the same. Like you're taking every single. It's like you've got no superheroes to play with, so let's just take all of Spider-Man's, you know, rogue gallery and turn them into good guys. And yeah. their origins are just not. Even their origin, the origin stories are just not interesting. They're all very similar. You know, they mm -hmm. just go to like an animal of yeah. some kind interacts with them in some way and then they somehow become kind of superpowered. Now Morbius looked great, but I would have liked him to have been a villain. You know, yeah. I would have liked to have him to have been scary. I think Jared Leto would make a great villain. And I think that version of Morbius actually looks really good. Like, you know, the the visuals in that movie are, are really good. And um I think that again they just really messed that up with with what they're playing with and yeah going into that end credit scene like what the hell is going on like none of this makes any sense now <laughs> like... and i don't remember there is a story behind how this all came to be but essentially once you get to the post credit scene like there's a mid credit and a post credit or two post credit whatever it, it turned out to be where we have michael keaton so he reprises the role of adrian tombs so the vulture that we saw in Spider-Man Homecoming, the main villain there for Spider-Man Homecoming, he gets phased into this universe, into the Sony universe, in a similar fashion that Eddie Brock Venom did at 
in Let There Be, or yeah, Let There Be Carnage and No Way Home, kind of the back and forth, the same concept, so some multiversal mechanism. The problem is it's not the same concept though, right? It's the reverse. That's why it's, it makes no yeah, sense. It's, and it, it, this is what I thought was going to happen to Tom Holland, to be honest with you. I thought he was going to get plucked out of the MCU and dropped into this universe. Somewhere I thought that's how they're going to wrap that up and say, No Way Home this is the end of Spider-Man's run. We don't really know how he fits into the MCU going forward. And Sony wants him back. Boom, over he goes. That didn't turn out to be the case, but it was the case for Adrian Toons. Yeah, it doesn't make a whole bunch of sense. They leverage a mechanism that is present in No Way Home to transport over another villain. And so you get him getting jumped over into a jail cell, which I think was actually in the trailer, if I'm not mistaken. Him getting loaded up into a the police van or whatever it is once they find yeah, him. Yeah, is that always like some leak there was some leaked photos as well of the, yeah. him in his kind of jumpsuit and stuff. Yeah, and then he shows up at the end of the movie in a jumpsuit in the full vulture suit having contacted Morbius and them talking about Spider-Man and putting a team together. So very much alluding to the idea of the Sinister 6 which it sounds like they're moving forward with. So they've they've been really building towards this idea, whether Venom is the hero or not, of the Sinister Six in some form. You know, this is a very But popular... like who who who's who are the villains? Well <laughs> That's what so, I'm confused. <laughs> so you got Adrian Toombs. Looks like they're gonna have Morbius. But Adrian Toombs, the problem with Adrian Toombs is in Homecoming, he was never really a villain in a sense. So he was, but like you know, he was, he wasn't a real bad guy. You know, he didn't want to go out and, and kill people and cause havoc. So that was the kind of confusing thing with that character. Like he shouldn't, like there were no other characters actually in the 616 who got sent out of it into another universe. So that was the kind of unusual part. But like, you know, he's there with Morbius. Where did he get all these vulture powers from? Because the, the <laughs> Thanos never tried to invade that universe like none of that space tech exists so like where did he that's great yeah where he has all the, the stuff like yeah he gets from the battle of new york and all that stuff. and then yeah. he's just like you want to make a team or something like that and it's like but but what like they're called the sinister six but nobody's sinister like everybody's a good guy <laughs> like there is some form of a guy see i'm not i'm not here to justify decisions we're just i'm just okay. laying out the story but uh, okay. i agree with you it is <laughs> It is funny when you go back to this idea too that you know they have at this point they've they've invested time and effort into introducing Venom, Morbius and now pulling in the Vulture into this and so you have three villains, quote unquote villains and the allusion to a team but to your point about the story I find that these are stories that are pulled out to an hour and a half, 2 hour film are normally 10 to 15 minutes inside of a superhero movie, like the origin story of a villain, right? And now we're just getting kind of the flip side of it. So I, from the outside looking in, I understand where Sony is coming from. They're like, well, we have all these characters. We have the rights to them per, like in perpetuity up until, as long as we're using them. Let's, let's leverage this. Let's, let's build kind of like a Thunderbolt-esque or what's the DC version of this team? called is it uh the the dark like they kind of alluded to it at the end of batman versus superman with 
Deathstroke and all that. What's that team name? Was isn't there like a bad Justice League? I don't know. Anyways, uh, there, there it's, it exists somewhere. There's <laughs> <laughs> what is the bad? Let's let's see what the Google Google machine here. The the bad Justice League. Here we go on the fly here. What is it? Uh, I have no idea, man. Is there a villain version of the Justice League? The Crime Syndicate. Is that it? No, that's not what they're talking about. I don't know. Doesn't matter. But anyways, what what they're building towards mean. here? You mean you took a who you took a? You know I, that you know Death Case. Oh, you took so, about the Secret Society, maybe? It's, it's, no, it's not Secret Society. Who is it? Someone is yelling into their podcast app player right now. I don't know. But so Leave you know at the end, I don't know. <laughs> you know at the end of one of those movies where they Deathstroke shows up and they're like, "We're doing a team type thing." I don't know. <laughs> what is it what is it called <laughs> you're here you're here to pick up on my oh uh, no, dude man that's 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 where we need we need carlos yeah i'm just <laughs> getting what back is, what is this uh yeah <laughs> this is awful this is awful podcasting anyways so suicide this... squad the secret society of super villains is this your is that you talking about? i don't know legion of doom legion of doom that's who i'm talking about oh is that <laughs> okay <laughs> Was I think that's what Legion of Doom. I don't know if he was. Okay. I don't, like for me, Legion of Doom is the dudes from the '80s and '90s with the red oh, okay, and the okay. spikes and the wrestlers and all that kind of stuff. But, anyways, yes, I think it is Legion of Doom, kind of headed up by bald dude that is Superman's anti-hero, or not anti-hero villain. <laughs> he's the anti-hero too. Yeah, he might be an. Anti- Maybe he's going to show up in the in the in the Sony universe here. But ultimately, they're trying to build towards this team and. <laughs> What that's kind of led to is Sony continuing to develop more and more movies. There's There's been rumors of a Sinister Six for years, years and years. They tried to build one inside of the Amazing Spider-Man universe. If you go back to the end credit scenes in those where you have, I can't remember which character, but walking through in the bottom of Oscorp Tower and you see the Vulture's wings, you see Doc Ock, you see all these characters kind of at least being seeded and teased inside there. And the Sinister Six being this this idea that sony's been chasing for so long for over a decade now they seem to be building towards that now coming up and the reason i i say they're continuing to build towards that because we've got a couple movies coming out next year three movies actually coming from the sony spider-man universe so just to put this into context they've got three movies dc has zero well dc like they have joker i guess is coming out but and the MCU has one that is a Deadpool movie, which technically isn't really like a, a true true MCU movie. So like Sony is gonna have the most superhero movies, I think at least, inside of 2024 with Madam Web, Craven the Hunter, and Venom 3. Now I'm not sure if Venom 3 is actually gonna land, but the first one we're gonna see is Madam Web. Now this is presumably inside of this continued story inside of this universe. And that's coming out on February 14th. Now we just watched a trailer before we recorded here. Now this came out a couple weeks ago the first trailer for this. What you, what's your take here on Madam Web? I'm I'm kind of honestly intrigued by the idea of again this tone something a little different and also it's a time story again where she's able to see into the future. They're dealing with kind of a similar idea to what Loki was doing inside of season two of Loki, kind of going back, repeating and trying to relive experiences that you've seen in the future. 
and kind of this this idea of do-overs like okay i can and we've seen this in movies before but this has an interesting superhero twist on it and we get some visions into the future of some interesting spider folk some actual maybe potential true superheroes inside of the sony universe kind of for the first time so you had fresh off of watching this trailer for the first time in a couple of weeks madam web yeah like <laughs> the, okay so the idea of madam web the more i think about it i think is very interesting and i think what they could do with it is is probably what the sony what sony need to do um the the trailer itself i didn't it didn't really excite me much it seemed it looked very much like a kind of b movie to me though like a cw type thing is what cw yeah Yeah, man it just didn't it didn't look great the suits didn't necessarily look good especially on that that villain that they've got there and and some of the action um the you know madam web like it's very strange what they've done with the character like you know dakota johnson looks nothing like the madam web that we all we all know um, is it, is Madam much... like I have no like idea like is it an old lady character? Well, Madam Web, yeah, she's well, she's in the comics. If I remember correctly, I might get this wrong, but I'm sure she was a mutant. I think she was a mutant, and like she was, she's old, she was blind, and she had like a load of different superpowers. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's like. It's a very strange idea that they're going with maybe a possible origin story of that character. Maybe she will become that in the end. I, I can't really see that happening. It looks like they're making it a more of a younger, more appealing approach to the character. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's going to work in their favor or not. Um, but the the idea behind the movie that could come out of it, I think is quite interesting in the way that they're playing with all these different spider characters yes. um, that ex- that it could exist, not just within that universe, but also in the spider multiverse. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they mention Ezekiel Sims, which is a character who we see in the comics. Uh, they make out like he's a villain in this, and I don't think he will be because in the comics, he's not really a villain you know Ezekiel Sims is more of a he's someone who was kind of gifted the powers of of like Spider-Man and he, he kind of uses it selfishly but then he kind of becomes like a mentor to certain spider characters uh, especially like Spider-Man and you know he's trying to you know he he's the one who kind of teaches Spider-Man about the whole spider universe that exists mm, okay, okay um it's called like the web of life and destiny. And I think that's something that could be an interesting take that they, they move towards where the idea is that, you know, Spider-Man wasn't, didn't become Spider-Man just because he was bitten by a radioactive spider. It was the fact that he was kind of chosen to be a Spider-Man or, or the other Spider-Men or Spider-Women have in a sense, it's kind of their fate to be a spider person. Mm -hmm. And all of these spider people are connected by their version of like, the force from star wars okay um and then there's this whole kind of mythos where you have this goddess and you have what they call the spider to- 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 totems i think they call them and they're like uh you know um spider peep spider how do you like essences it's hard to explain it's really complicated 
Um, and I, I haven't read all the books. So I don't know everything about these, but it's kind of an interesting idea where you can then pluck spider men, spider women from all these different stories in different places um, and bring them into the story. And the whole, you know, Sony universe could actually be loads of different spider people mm-hmm. fighting, you know, the, the villains, you know, that could be their their way of getting out of not having all these villains being the the anti-heroes where you could actually have all the heroes being different versions of of spider-man um yeah and i think that could be interesting because yeah yeah i mean it's it'd be interesting to to because it's an interesting concept it's a bit it's a bit weird it doesn't fully make sense in a way but it's an interesting concept that there is this web of destiny, this web of life that brings all these characters together and and how, you know, how they're all connected. And then it would kind of explain certain things like the fact that, you know, what happened in No Way Home brought in these, these characters mm-hmm. that were connected to Spider-Man. So it adds a bit of connectivity and it adds a bit of kind of lore that might might be quite interesting to, to push the stories forward. Whether Madam Web is the right movie to do that, though, is hard to That's- say. Because well, it doesn't see. look like a big epic. It doesn't look like something that should be introducing us to what comes next. No, and that like it's an interesting point because like as you say that and as you're explaining to it, I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm intrigued. This would be an interesting concept to bring this all together. And like the crazy thing when I look at all of this and the connectivity, Sony has proven twice that they're more than capable of producing a wildly successful well-written well-received spider-man multiversal story with the stuff that they've done with into the spider-verse and across the spider-verse and what will eventually be the part two of that and so i'm not sure why they're not extracting kind of more from that maybe it's a limitation as to what they're allowed to do on the big screen but build into something like you're talking about where you know we're eventually going to pull all of this together through this web of destiny this this idea like i really like that concept about how this one place where this is all nucleating and you're having all these villains gather essentially the you don't have a spider-man there but to to stop this you pull in a bunch of spider-man like i think that's really our spider people i think that's really cool idea about how you could build this maybe madam webb's just a stepping stone towards that but what sony lacks right now is maybe they have a vision but they haven't explained what the vision is Maybe these next mm-hmm. few movies are doing that, or maybe they're just making these movies, hoping that one day they can cross them over and not having a, an actual roadmap to how it all makes sense and to how they get their Spider-Man, their live action Spider-Man back onto the big screen and involved in a tangible way with these movies. Because even Madam Web, there could be a bunch of, well, there's clear, this is the first time I think in this universe that they're going to have spider people in some capacity. Now it looked like to me that that was, a vision into the future for those characters yeah. and not necessarily them donning the costumes or taking up a mantle inside of this movie. And it almost like, could they be alternate reality versions of those characters that in a different reality or universe, they are actually, Well, I think they'd have to be because it'd be very strange for all of those super, because there'd be basically you got two super women, you got spider, two spider women, spider woman, spider woman, Spider Girl, Madam Web, like it, and the way that they get their powers in the comics is very different. Like mm-hmm. you know, one was injected by um, like a, a, a spider venom, 
you know, and another one was got it through like some spiritual ritual. Mm -hmm. um, so like the way that they get the powers is, is very different. And I think the idea is they're not supposed to exist within the same universe. They're yeah. supposed to be from different universes. So it seems like these are like variant versions of those characters mm -hmm. and in different universes they exist. Why, you know, this, this villain's coming after them um, will be interesting because yeah. I don't know what that villain is like. The villain that comes after them in the comics is, I think his name's Morlan, Morlan, and he's like part of these. They're kind of anti-spider people. They kind of feed on. They mm -hmm. they travel across the the multiverse, feeding on the spider people because they like how they taste and they it makes them more powerful. Whether they introduce that, but it's just a very strange idea that we have all of these characters in one movie, and I think that's. They, that's what we were saying before. They're trying to use this movie to introduce these characters that do exist and then we'll have them in their different universe and we can bring them in and take them out whenever whenever they need to. Yeah, and, that, and like there, there's rumors of a Spider-Woman movie, like if that's going to fall out of this in a separate universe and then, yeah, they get plucked. Well, like there was the, there's the, isn't there, there's still the Silk, the Cindy Moon yeah. series that was supposed to be but was that sony i don't know who's making it. i thought so, it was like amazon or something it was oh, kind of really strange <laughs> but yeah, like, like cindy moon like she has connections to ezekiel sims who's in that mention because ezekiel sims is the person because cindy was bitten by the same spider that bit peter because i really like the character of silk and you know this morlan was chasing her so ezekiel sims explained this to her and he, hit her in a bunker to keep her safe and she was in there for like majority of her life before she got out so she's has a connection to to Sp the actual peter parker spider-man um so well, it's, yeah it's, it's literally a, a web of what will happen and like like that idea that you two that you allude to like that this web of destiny everything's kind of connected they allude to that in the trailer as well with like all of these characters are somehow connected in some fashion and like whether that's an imprinting from a multiverse or if that has something to do with the story it's gonna be interesting to see how it shakes out and if it has implications for the spider-man universe because the next movie that comes out in august of next year is craven the hunter now look this looks this is another this is another <laughs> animal that blood drips in blood and you get he becomes a lion or whatever it looks very violent. Like it must be rated R. Like this, this movie. Yeah, it will be. Yeah, you get a lot of blood. It's got like a red band trailer. Oh, is it a red? Okay, yeah. So, Aaron Taylor Johnson, Craven the Hunter. I, you know what, man? Like, call call it what do you want to call it? I'm I'm not gonna watch this in theaters, but I'm definitely gonna watch this. Like, I'm intrigued by the trailer. Like, it looks violent enough and different enough that. Yeah, I'll, I'll give it. I'll give. I'll give it a shot for sure. Yeah, I I will. <laughs> but again, the blood dripping in, like the blood drips in his wound or something. I'm like, what? Yeah. Like, is this uh, gonna be a radioactive lion now? Like, I don't. I guess they're gonna play with the idea that every animal has a universal connection. Yeah. And there are lion people, and there are bat people, and there are spider people. Yeah. And that seems to be the and only there's a, idea. A rhino, they, they a rhino to... person. A rhino person is alluded well, to. Oh, yeah, team. rhino. Yeah, rhino's in it. And I don't know why they bring rhino together with, with Craven. Uh, because to... of safaris. 
<laughs> maybe that's what it is man i honestly that was that is the connection it's like they're both like they're just both yeah they both exist that's in the, the best plains of africa like that's just that's just it right like oh no who are we gonna put in this we're gonna put rhino into it yes <laughs> yeah uh but so, yeah i mean they're making craven super powered like i don't i don't know why they really need to do that and then he's again he's he seems like in this he's he's getting revenge for something but he's doing good de- deeds but in a violent way yeah he and puts he again, puts it like that's morbius yeah, he, and that's that's venom it's venom. the same again it is yeah. the same it seems like they've they've got no ideas and the the worst part of it is that anybody who's played the the spider-man 2 game has witnessed one of the best Ven- uh, best Cravens we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the best Venoms we've, en- we've ever seen. The best use of, you know, rogue gallery characters. The best use of singular or just two spider people. Um, you know, the way that they play that story out is, is absolutely incredible. And it has, every character has meaning and purpose and everything feels you know like it's it's me- like it's meant to happen like you do you get invested in not just the heroes but the villains and that's it's what sony seems to be really struggling with i don't know well, it's, why it's so funny though because like you, you hear like almost endless praise about the spider-man games endless praise about the spider-verse movies like the animated versions and then like this stumbling around on the live action stuff, like there's literal br- blueprints in front of them, and I just I don't get where the gap is in all of this. Like I, I truly don't, and I I'm asking from a a genuine curiosity as to like how you can have two universes that are so widely praised from a story perspective, and then you get onto this side of it, and it's kind of like like I would say these things if they all went straight to Netflix, like I don't think I would bat an eye on this. Like I'd still watch them and I'm still intrigued. Like I'm always intrigued by universe building. I always like the idea of it and connecting things up and making things matter from movie to movie. But it just seems like all of these movies, like they could go straight to Netflix or whatever, Amazon prime. And I like, yeah, you miss out on the box, but like they don't seem like epic enough to me they don't seem big enough and people can argue all day to, to blue in the face that maybe some of the mcu movies or whatever don't feel that way either but like i truly feel that these these feel like third tier movies to me like at the end of the yeah. day when you look at the trailers like that's ultimately when you watch the trailer you get the feel although the stories might be different maybe they're even better than some of the mcu stuff but they still feel like second or third tier movies to me yeah i agree and it's just, I think the the concept is quite a like kind of new idea that doesn't seem to be working well with them, with the way that they're using villains. Like the ones that we mentioned, like the Spider Man game, we have all of these villains, we know their motivation, and we understand it, but we don't have to know their whole backstory. Mm-hmm. You know, with the the um, into the Spider Verse across the Spider Verse, you have all of these villains, but they don't tell us why you know, they're angry and why they're fighting Spider-Man. We don't have to know so much about their backstories, but we understand their motivation. What we've got here with this is that we're getting villains and they're trying to give them backstories, but the backstories are making them good guys. And I don't know why, like, I don't know, can't you make a movie about a villain where 
he's just bad. I don't know if you can have a villain as a lead character. Maybe maybe that just doesn't work. I don't know. Well, it, it might work inside of like an established universe, maybe like where you have like really concrete ideas of what good and bad are and what the gray zone is like i think you could do more gray zone stuff but like i think ultimately when the studios are making these movies whether it's like a creative call or an exec call i think they say like the audience needs someone to get behind like there can't be ambiguity Mm -hmm. there they like the audience needs to cheer for someone and they need to not like someone else like in craven you're gonna like him and not his father russell crowe is being set up to be the villain inside of that right like there's there's a clear like they're clearly distinguishing between good and evil inside of their own universe but on the traditional side of things when you look at it like like even if spider-man shows up like you're right like he's going to be kind of fighting good guys like they're not it's like be like fighting kind of loki later on in his in his tenure in the mc like he's kind of a good guy now so like i don't know like what we're doing here so it's it just seems directionless at this point like they're just like they're trying to create a universe and they've sown some seeds through it, but they don't have like a, a protagonist to center this thing around. Yeah. And yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, like we, you do see, we've seen villains before where they, you do kind of sympathize with them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you can make a movie about a villain and then end the movie with the villain. He might've gone through an anti-hero stage or gone through a story and it finalized with that person being a villain. Um, but you empathizing, having that empathy with that character because of the journey that they've been through. Mm-hmm. And then it'd be interesting to end the movies with those characters and then bring them into a yeah. movie when you then introduce the protagonist. But like they've got a lot of work ahead of them. Like They've got to really then switch these movies around. If they're going to make a Sinister Six movie, they've got to give them a reason to want to fight the protagonists yeah and like what is at the moment there is no clear purpose there's no clear clear reason why they would do that and you know whether they exist in the same universes is very confusing too you know you see i don't know if you, i think it was actually in the movie was it with morbius when he kind of runs down the street and you see the um toby Maguire yeah. spider-man mural on the wall um so it gets really confusing of who who exists where and and uh you know what time are they in like like you said with the madam web like it looks like a lot of the stuff that we're seeing is stuff that might be happening in other multiverses or in the distant future so you know you then playing with with time and stuff because actually madam web um i think we see so there's two characters in the trailer who are ben parker and he's what's Peter Parker's mother's name. I can't remember. Amy? Amy Parker? No. What's it? What I is don't it? Remember. May, maybe May? May. May Parker? May Parker? Yeah, it's fit. No, Aunt May, May. is May. Uh, Uncle Ben. Aunt like, May. You're talking about Aunt May and Uncle Ben, right? That's who Uncle, ben, Uncle Ben. Uncle Ben. No, 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 no. Uncle Ben. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uncle Ben. Uncle Ben and Aunt May. So they're both in the trailer. Like, Uncle Ben is the paramedic, I think. Yeah, it's what's his name. Them. Yeah, the kind of character actor that's in a lot of stuff. Yeah, Adam Scott, I think. But yeah, yeah he's. Scott, yeah. But then again, so then that has to exist pretty far in in the past. Yeah, um, yeah, like in the. And then how? Ah. Ha- I mean, ha- like if you're gonna use if you're gonna use those other spider women, how are you gonna age them up? Like mm-hmm. you know, how are you gonna age Sweeney up 
30 years yeah <laughs> into the future if you're gonna use it like it's very odd it's, it's very it's, confusing it's very confusing so I'm, I'm very interested as we kind of wrap this up here i'm very interested to see where this all goes because like i said sony's got three movies coming out next year they have the ability to make quite an imprint in their universe and the ability to have a lot more eyes on them because of the other universes, DC and Marvel, taking a big, big pause in 2024. Like, a lot of these movies got pushed out. I think Craven was meant to be in October of this year, and Venom is still filming, so it may not land in 24. But there's there's a lot to come out, and it's going to be curious to revisit this down the road, even into February with Matt Webb, to see where they actually go with this. Like, is it actually tied into... Morbius and the Venom films and what they tried to half string together with Adrian Toomes or is it going to be something completely on its own and it's just like we're just making a movie just 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 to make it and it has no connection yeah. and like and that's fine too like the universes have the ability to do that but what they've set or the presence they've set all the way up to 2022 is that they're building towards something and to have a movie that sits outside of it would be interesting to say the least so I guess we'll we'll touch base on this one in in a couple of months here, but man, we've got uh, we've got like we're we're winding down to the end of the year here. We are in what is this the first week of December, and so in mm-hmm. a couple weeks we've got to do our year in review. We've got to do our most anticipated going into twenty twenty four, which is going to be an interesting year. It's going to be a very different year from the perspective of superhero movies, but there's a lot mm-hmm. of cool things like Dune two got pushed out there, and there's a lot of big movies, Deadpool three, of course, and it's going to be a lot of fun to kind of wrap up the year, and then also look forward into into next year. So, man, it's gonna we're gonna have a nice little run here towards the end of the year. So I'm excited to kind of get back on the mics here a bit more consistently. And, uh, and yep. to talk some nerd. But we got to get you off to work, Ian. You're 16 hours ahead of me. I'm about to go upstairs uh, to go to bed. And you're just about to trot off to uh, a nice day's work. So <laughs> Yeah, I'm already, already KO'd. I, need yeah, to, a, I, know, I already need to go to bed. It's been, a, it's been a week. It's been a week, I tell you, man. Disney had a Disney, Disneyland win- weekend. Anyone who's oh, been shoot. to Disneyland knows that that's, uh, you need it's a holiday after. It's exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's let's touch. Let's maybe we'll be able to talk some of that next week. I wouldn't mind talking some Disney. Right, There's a lot right. of cool stuff going on, and I'd love to hear about your trip and uh, and uh, maybe some other ongoing things. So we got we got we're gonna we're gonna be back, guys. We got some stuff to talk about here. We've got Aquaman as well. Aquaman two coming up before the end of the year. Yay! And uh, yeah, man. I hope that everyone can just take a moment to, to decompress. We know this time of year can be stressful for everyone. There's a lot of pressure and coming from all sorts of different angles. And we hope that you know, even even just now, we can provide you with an hour of relief, sinking back into the Sony Spider-Man universe, the SSU, and uh, just kind of a little retrospective on the whole thing to look forward, an early look forward into 2024. So, with all of that being said, for the Nerd Room, I'm Tim, and I'm Ian. And thank you so much for entering the Nerd Room. This has been a Nerd Room Podcast production. You can find our hosts Tim and Carlos on Twitter at TheNerdRM and CDN Caped Crusade R. For more content from the Nerd Room, check out TheNerdRoom.net and the Nerd Room YouTube channel. Don't forget to subscribe to the Nerd Room on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, wherever you plug in. Use the hashtag WeTheNerd to keep up with the latest from the Nerd Room.